The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The new year is the perfect time to start building credit scores. Because when your credit scores increase, your opportunities do too. Like loan approvals and lower interest rates. Chime makes it easier to keep building your credit with a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. You can use Credit Builder everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Chime helps you build your credit score safely by using your own money to make everyday purchases and on-time payments. To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a $200 qualifying direct deposit. And don't stress. There's no annual fee or credit check required to apply and get started. Start building your credit history and finding new opportunities with the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary. So you have it on audiobook? I do, and I listen oh, to Oh, I it actually twice. have the book in person. I have to buy the You have an eventual. NFT of the book. I have the actual book. <laughs> you, have a, you, have a, you have an analog NFT of the book. Yes. That was one of my funniest tweets. I think it was before its time. Mm. I'm, I'm working on uh, selling no, uh, analog non-fungible tokens, otherwise known as things. <laughs> things. <laughs> Just things. Materials. All right, it's five <laughs> objects. Five eleven p.m. We got an hour here on this podcast. Um, hmm. Ethan, I think we did it. What did we do? I think we talked about everything. <laughs> oh, dang it! Dang it! I think we've talked about everything. <laughs> Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that you can contact at 321-412. I'll cut that out, but it's going to be pretty funny. Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that uh, flows from one divine wellspring. I'm just pulling out my Vatican II document references. That's pretty good. Thanks. Uh, It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. Wait, you didn't do a bit, though. That was the bit. I'm going to read your phone number and bleep out the last uh, seven digits. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you can do the area code. Yeah, three, two, one. Ooh. But you didn't react. You didn't, you didn't laugh or anything? I just rolled my eyes. I know. That's okay. <laughs> I thought it would be funny to read out your personal information on do this podcast. Do people know what my area code is, though? I think it's very easy to look up uh, Pittsburgh area codes and just guess. I do not have a Pittsburgh... Oh, Melbourne area code. Area code. I have a Melbourne area code. Right. I just finished reading That Hideous Strength by C.S. Lewis. Yeah, what'd you think? I thought it was hideous. You didn't like it? No, I thought it was good. I oh. didn't like it. was crazy the part where they worship a demon and then kill the fat Italian. That was my favorite part. Did you read the book? I did. I did. I'm trying to remember which part you're talking about. That's like the very end when the bear comes in. Oh, yeah. They worship a demon and they kill the fat Italian. Which one was the fat Italian? Filostrato. It's not very obvious that he's Italian. Sure. 
Which which demon do they worship? They worship the they worship the, the thing in the, the skull or like the head. The thing in the head that that's the, the animating Philostrato, the head. Yeah, yeah I gotcha. They think that they think that he's he thinks that he's animating the head by right, putting blood and oxygen, but it's actually right, a demon. It's actually a demon. Yes, I remember um, that now. I was trying to. Yeah. I was like, where was the demon? Where was the demon? Isn't it crazy that um, the guy from the first two books has like this crazy encounter with like angels? Yeah, and 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 also God, and then comes back to Earth, and then summons a wizard <laughs> to kill all of the all of the demon people. You're kind of crazy, huh? It's kind of a weird ending. Kind of a really weird ending. I like how he's like, this book is the third part of a trilogy, but can be read on its own. And I mm-hmm. say to that, I says, uh, no, it can't. No, it can't. How did we... <laughs> The the space trilogy is one of the most confusing things that I've read because I've read each book individually and they do all stand on their own. Yes. But they also don't cuz they're very different books. Yes. Out of the Silent Planet is like this adventure right. in it's space. Right. It's kind of like old old sci-fi, you know. Old sci-fi. Yeah, it's it's very Star Trekky. Mm-hmm. And then you have Paralandra, which is like this very just straight allegory with a lot of deep theological insights to prelapsarian man, which is obviously the best of the three. Can we all agree that Paralandra is just far and away so much better? Paralandra is one that I would reference often. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that hideous strength is like, which is take that George Orwell. C.S. Lewis doing his best Michael O'Brien impression is what, how dare you say that? (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay. Hold on. I have a really hot take that you're not going to like. Tell me. I put down that hideous strength, and I picked up Father Elijah, and I was underwhelmed. Well, yeah. On my second read, I was like, "This opening conversation with him and the prior is like way too on the nose." Michael O'Brien is many things. Subtle is not one of those things. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just like, I, I have to, I have to read because, like, yeah. C.S. Lewis's that hideous strength is like here's a dystopia where the people are living in a dystopia but they're very normal like they all have very like there are varying degrees of acceptance of christianity based on how close they are to the inner circle of the nice institute whereas like everyone who's not actively a cleric and even some people who are hate jesus (laughs) you know everyone there's a gradation of christian writers in their ability to deploy themes without hit hitting you over the head, right? So yeah. at the top of the totem pole, you've got uh, Tolkien, you've got Flannery, you've got Walker Percy, uh, <laughs> just these these greats, you know what I mean? You could throw Dante in there, you know? Subtlety. So, well, maybe not subtlety, but like... This guy who's in office right now is okay. in hell. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's deploying themes in a way that have clearly stood the test of time, right? Sure. He's yeah. not like... He's not overly explaining it to you, right? It's poetry, yeah. so he's yeah. allowed to he's allowed to put his friends in the story. People who Brown knows are literally drowning in poop, like anyway. just. <laughs> then there's another level down, which is your C.S. Lewis, right? Who is, uh, and I can't think of anybody else who's comparable to him because he's still doing a really good job with the allegory. But you're like, okay, the lion is Jesus. I got, got it. it. Got That's it. for kids, though, right? But also Paralandra and and these other things. It's like, okay, that's I I see what you're getting at here. You know? It's not yeah. it's not super subtle, but it's not super like on the nose either. You know, he's he's really right in the middle line. And you have like someone who like Michael O'Brien, who on the thematic 
in the thematic world, he's not the best at deploying his themes mm-hmm. in a way that like naturally evolved through the actions and statements of the characters. He's very good at telling you exactly what he thinks about the world. Yes. And that and the the thing that about Michael O'Brien is that it's a very compelling vision of the world, which is that God is real and he's active in everyday life and we have the ability to to respond to everything that he's giving us. Yes. And here's here's some stories of some characters who very much do or very much don't do that. Like it's a he's mm-hmm. a man of extremes, you know? Yes. And uh it's, And then and one so I below think, that. Oh, keep going, keep going. Yeah, bring me one below. Who do you got? Oh my God, Raymond Arroyo wow. with the Will Wilder series. No, that's exactly who I'm thinking of. Oh, no. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's when I would rather you be Michael O'Brien and uh-huh. just tell me what you think as mm-hmm. opposed to being some kind of like Ayn Rand where you're like, yeah. oh, I bet they won't figure out my politics. And it's like, no, right. I know. I get it. You yes. don't like groups of people. Right. <laughs> Michael, Michael O'Brien is earnest. That what makes him. That's what makes him good, right? There's no duplicity in that man. And Raymond Arroyo did what the Catholic card game did, but for Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Except for worse than the Catholic. Card yeah, game. because like at least the Catholic card game takes some semblance of. At least the Catholic card game doesn't isn't on Fox News. <laughs> I'll say that out loud. I'm not. Who's gonna listen to this podcast and get mad at me? EWPCN, if you're listening to this, you've been listening long enough. You know that we need a radio show funded by you. My friend is Get now the uh, is now the anchor for EWTN Pro Life News. Hmm. Yeah. Eventually, like when Roe v. Wade gets re- overturned, not gonna be a lot of news left. You know. No, it's true. I mean, this, the battle will go to the states. There's obviously a lot of things there, but you know. But she um she said she'll have me on oh. and. And Phoebe was like, but don't you hate AUWTN? And I was like, yeah, but I'll, I'll sell out for this. I'll do this. I'll sell out. I'll be like, yeah, I'll put on a, I'll put on a EWTN world report sweatshirt. You know, yeah. I'll do it. I have no, I have no, uh, pride. No, no. Um, just like no, how I, will I go, I will go on my friend's show. That's what I'll do. We are in the unenviable position of having our, um, what is it? Are our wagons tied to one another and neither of us turned out to be crazy. We didn't realize That's what true. we were doing when we started this podcast. Right, right. But it's providential that we are both incredibly normal. <laughs> kind of crazy that you didn't like one of us could have ended up being like really trad. Really trad. Very easily. Just Very one wrong simple. turn, well, one yes. retweet away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have an idea. What's your idea? Okay. Obviously, I know that neither of us have an abundance of time, right? Yeah. So some people, I've been listening to the Pillar podcast. I've listened to some other podcasts. A lot of people <laughs> are very wary of the fact that if they just, you know, bash the bishops or, or you know, repeat all of the trad talking points, oh, then, yeah. then, it's, then it, it, it's, it's wrong and morally wrong, but they could make a boatload of money, right? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. I'm are, thinking we gonna, is, are we going to make a boatload of money? What I'm thinking is we do it ironically so it's not a sin uh-huh. and make a boatload of money. That's that's what I've learned in my <laughs> in my Christian moral principles class. It says if you do it ironically, do it ironically. it's not a sin. But I'm just thinking like there's got to be a way not to take advantage of these poor young men on Twitter.com. No, 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 no. No, no, no. no. We would never take but, advantage of young men. But si- but simply, <laughs> I what so what I'm thinking is where's where's the boundary here, right? People like J.D. Flynn, people like Father Anthony Schrappa, they know that they can't reasonably 
tread yeah. into that territory, sure. right? They what gotta keep I've up learned, appearances. What I've learned after doing this podcast for five years is that nobody cares about what we do. No, it's true. Although I do work for a church that is in a diocese, believe it or not. So we live in a diocese. We do. We, do. we really we live, do in a, live in a diocese. We live in a. Uh, we live in a. Well, oh my gosh, what's it called? We live in an, an ecclesial council. We live in an ecclesial uh, conference. We out here. We, in, we out here in a province. <laughs> I'm just. So I want to get your take. Not that we're ever going to do this because. Well, actually, we might. If you were to go about, like, and your business model was, I'm going to make money off of the trads and I'm going to do it fully self-aware, how would you go about it? How would I go about it? Yeah. And maybe how, what what should we do? I would get a green screen and I would just, like, control C, control V, whatever the background for InfoWars is. I know we're okay. back on this, but I would just sure. do that. Okay. okay. Or I would, First or step. I would just get an unsharpened pencil. Uh-huh. Okay. I'd just swirl it around. That's is a that, Michael Voris reference. Is that what, is that what he does? That is a Michael swirl, Why does he swirl and unsharpen? Because it's the vortex. Oh, you're in the vortex. Because his last name is Voris. Yeah. So he's in the. You're he's in, in the, the vortex. vortex. Uh, yeah. A Ticonderoga vortex. Why the pen? No, Ticonderoga's come sharpened. Everyone knows that. But for some reason, he has an unsharpened, like plateau top pencil. Hmm. I don't understand specifically why. Um, but anyway, yeah, I will, I'll talk, I'll talk about, I'll talk about the friggin' synod. You want to talk about the synod? Yeah. What we're talking about? It, no. No? I don't know anything about the synod. People who work for the church forget that the people who don't work for the church don't get any emails about the synod on synodality. We are sending a synod letter to 18,000 people in our parish boundary. Well, that's great. I haven't gotten a single letter, so. I, I found out about this today and I was oh. like, this is cool. In my opinion, people. yeah. You What's, know what I mean? What do you think your hit ratio is going to be on that? Well, I mean, so at that scale, if you send it, if you get like a an email from, if you get like a, if you have like an email list of like six thousand people, your hit mm-hmm. rate is going to be like point oh five, point five percent, maybe yeah. even point. Yeah, it's it's not a lot. Negligible, but eighteen thousand people, oh, you're yeah. going to get some people to show up at that meeting. Nice. Man, I would just like, to, I would like to see right now, if anybody needs a delegate <laughs> for the synod to send to the chancery or even the Vatican, Patrick and I will go. We'll do a live episode from the Vatican we'll do with a live, the Pope. We'll do a live episode with uh, our local ordinary and the Pope, if we can get him on. And we'll just say, hey, Father's Excellencies. Holinesses. The Pope at gmail.com. Yes, the Pope at gmail.com. We're out here on the ground, right? We've been experiencing synodality, right? And I just want to tell you. I. You. What was your reaction to the tweet? Which tweet? The USCCB tweet from forever ago. Uh, the uh, the seven buzzwords, the seven synodal themes. So oh, I only think that I heard about it from you on this podcast, so I probably didn't. My reaction was, Ugh, that sucks. And then I closed the tab. I don't have many opinions on this in it. I don't know. I feel like it's something that I should... I it, Here's the thing. I work for the church and I don't know much about it. Yeah. I know that I have some meetings I'm supposed to go to. Sure. Um, is this really what you want to talk about? No, no. Oh. You've you've pulled me into this. this oh, okay, I pulled you into the vortex. Yeah. Are you asking me? What, okay, let's let's go back to the original question. What would My I do was, if I yeah. wanted to make a boatload of money off of the trad network? Yes. Okay. 
Because um, I think one. you have a mind for this kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So if we were grifters, what would we do? If yes. we were Catholic grifters, but not we're not. You're not a grifter, because we we know grifters don't know that they're grifters, right? Yes, they do. Certainly, they do. No, 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 no. You don't think so? You don't think that Taylor Marshall thinks that he's not honestly doing the best thing for the church? I think he really does. Hmm. You know the way you structure a um a grifting movement, a grifting um a Catholic grift is first of all, you have to become convinced that you are the only person who has noticed a problem in the church. Okay. okay. I that's think we've done step that. Step one. That's definitely, that's definitely what we've done. For instance, we, I have yes. done this. I have done this with post-liberalism. I'm the only person who notices that liberalism isn't working. The Patrick, only person. Patrick is the only person in the whole world who thinks we need more nuance in our politics. I'm the only person who thinks this. I'm the only person who's like, this I'm the only person who's noticed, man, people are so political nowadays. Yes. We're all so divided. I'm the only person who said that. I'm the only person who thinks technology bad. That's the, <laughs> I'm the only person who thinks that. So I'm that's the only what, person who thinks phone bad, book good. So this is what you got to yes. do. You gotta, and then, and then uh, for step one, step two, yeah. you have to convince other people that you are the only person who has noticed this. Okay. Okay. No one else is talking about this. No one else is talking about this. And you know what? That's all you have to say. Yes. All you have to say is no one else is talking about this. And bonus points, if you've been on the air for a while, you can say, I knew this was coming years ago. I said this years ago. We've been talking about this for years. Ethan, people will just believe you. They just listen to you. They They just just listen listen because they want to. They want you. You got to get to people who just want to believe. They just want to believe. Okay. Yeah. Then what you have to you, you gotta you gotta build up your core your core audience sure. that'll just like eat out of your the palm of your hand forever. Yes. All right, and then you know you get them into like a Discord maybe. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> step three, step three. Yeah, is you equate promoting your show with, with evangelization, the cause of the church. Yes, you you have to you have to say like this is the church. Now this is. This is this is not just grifting, by the way. This is how this is all off the dome, by the way. This is this is really good. Stuff. I'm taking thank notes. You, thank you. Um, this is this is not just how you start a grift. This is also how you start a non-denominational church. Yes. <laughs> you um this is there if you listen to the you remember the rise and fall of Mars Hill the um, the Willow Creek or the Willow Tree whatever the nature name of their church was yeah. they were like Willow Creek it's not just a church it's the hope of the world. Mm-hmm. Like this pastor stood up there and said, "Like my church that I mm-hmm. created is the hope of the world." The world. W-O-R-L-D. That's what you do. You see it all the time. Believe it or not, this is also the way to start a business in late stage capitalism. It is indeed. You equate your uh, your thing with salvation, uh, with salvation, <laughs> pretty much, or just, or I would say it's a little less heinous than that. It's like promoting, equating your show with evangelization, and like yes. that's a. This is a. This is a I'd be a, a, a goofball, <laughs> but this is this happens, and you see this. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's um. It's like how when we started out, people were saying that we were a ministry. Very much not. Oh yeah. I think in some ways we can preach the gospel, but it's sure. like we are very much paid to do this. Oh yeah. So like, don't you get paid to be a minister? I do, but I would do it regardless. You would do your job for free. I would do ministry for free. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I would not answer emails for free. No. <laughs> but my 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 paid ministry is an extension of Father Dave, who is who is paid to live so that he can be. Indeed. You know, he like 
yeah. lay ministry is an extension of the church's ministry, which is ostensibly free. Like you don't actually have to pay to be ministered to, but you do essentially pay with your attention to listen to our podcast. Although and you could, you could, what you have is so valuable. You could charge for it, but you won't. You but won't because you you're such you a good guy. Yes, that's step four. Make sure that you've, but you've equated with evangelization, but also yeah. that you're doing this out of the goodness of your heart. Out of your goodness of your heart. You want people goodness to think your, your intentions are pure. Yes. Yeah. You need to make sure that people think your intentions are pure then. Okay, finally. Step five. Bring me the step okay. five. Bring Once on. you have done all of this, you've created your movement. Step five, uh, one word, three syllables. Okay. Supplements. I'm just okay. <laughs> Does Michael Morris sell supplements? Here's why supplements are, are genius, okay? Because uh, you can say they're natural. Um, the FDA can't touch you. And um, I'm just kidding. Supplements are not necessarily the thing. But Tony Robbins sells supplements. So, like, you know, <laughs> everybody does it. Um, you got to sell something. Yeah. You got to have merch. Right. You know? You got to have merch. You got to have something. And, again, that's it's super easy to be like, I give I give this for free. So, like, this is... This is the way you support. And again, then you equate buying the merch with evangelization itself. So like people have said, I give to this, I give to this group. So therefore I am, I am doing ministry. I'm not um, going to lie yeah. to you. A part of me desires to just try <laughs> to just see if like, if I followed those steps, yeah, what would happen? I think it would work. I think it would too. And that terror, that's terrifying, right? In a lot of ways. You could just do it. I could just do you it. You have a platform. I know. Like, part of me is just like, okay, summer's coming up, right? Let's let's start an extra project. Like, I need a creative project. Let's get the juices flowing. Mm-hmm. Okay. What if I totally... <laughs> <laughs> totally extorted this particular segment? <laughs> you know, this is fundamentally what this it is. This is like, this is the, this is the, um, parasocial relationships aren't wrong. Inherently, they're not yes. inherently wrong. Yeah, um, parasocial relationships existed before the internet. It's how we understand governments. It's how we understand churches. You kind of have a parasocial relationship with your priest, don't you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's not wrong, but you should watch out. Oh, because baby, it's not right. It's um because there there's a friendship between human beings is good, and um, it's something that requires vulnerability. And like by listening to a podcast, you're opening yourself up to vulnerability to the people who's doing the podcast by listening to a news source. You're opening yourself up to those people mm-hmm. you trust. There's an element of trust when you're engaging with another person. And so to do so without any kind of critical thinking is a problem. Yeah. The, the way to, the way to start a grift is this what I've just said, but the way to avoid being grifted is to approach media sources with criticism. Please open us up to criticism. Like if you think that we're manipulating you, stop listening, you know, please criticize me. Um, don't criticize me. I can't take it. Here's my last question on this and then we can move on. Okay. You don't, you don't want to continue on how to start a grift. No, this is still on the same topic. Great. Okay. What if, and I'm just, we're just spitballing here. What if I do the grift, right? And I yeah. follow all your steps and I amass some kind of following, right? There's some kind of economic engine behind what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. 
what if I'm playing the long game? Like, what if I set out from the get-go to attract these people to myself so that have a slowly, <laughs> slowly over time, right, I, I start introducing maybe more orthodox, normal, regular things about life and God and evangelization. Would that be duplicitous? And if it... yes. And if it is, uh-huh. would that necessarily be the worst thing? In the yes. World? <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, no, I'm no, just thinking, well, let me just hold on a second, right? <laughs> Jesus came uh-huh. to earth, right? Uh-huh. He was God the whole time. Yeah. But he's walking around. He's he's he, giving people third arms. He's like, shh, don't tell anyone that I did this, right? Keep it Keep it on the down low, right? Because he's waiting for his big moment to turn it all around. Uh huh. Was that duplicitous? No. No. But so he what's... didn't need to. He didn't need to lie and say, "Oh, I'm not God," because people are figuring it out. Well, you know I'm what not, I mean? Never, no. And at no point am I going to lie. Okay. <laughs> no. Here's here's the reality. It's like I think I jokingly said. I jokingly you see this what I've created. I want to. Um, That's a loophole. A loophole. <laughs> I want to. Uh, I want to amend something that I said. I don't think if you follow these steps, you will inherently start a grift. I don't think you will you will be successful in your grifting, because you need some form of of charisma. Now, fortunately, in the Catholic world, there's a lot of lack of charisma, so you don't actually <laughs> have to fight against anything. But if you want to start a national grift, you have to like out charisma the people who are paid millions of dollars to be charismatic. That's true. Um, if you want to out charisma people in the Catholic Church, you just need to be mad online, and people will follow you. Can you I see, have, can I have a side comment that's unrelated? Yes. Uh, I was listening to the Kanza Catholic podcast uh, with Father Gail Hammerschmidt from the Kansas State University. Top grifter. Top? No, not so. No, no, no. A good that, man. A good he's man. He's a very good man. Um, and he mentioned something about he was listening to the Seek Twenty Two podcasts. Yeah. And he was like, "Did we get ours in? By the way, we did. We just sent it. Cool. Good. Yeah. Good, good, good. He just made a comment. He's like, you know, the Seek Twenty Two podcasts, a little dry, <gasps> a little dry. No, which not." Ours hadn't been posted yet, so he wasn't talking about oh, ours. Oh, good. I actually think our Seek 22 podcast is pretty freaking funny. You think so? <laughs> uh, I do. I've listened back to it, and I was laughing when I was editing. I was like, man, this is going to be great. If you're laughing, that means it's a good episode. Yes. So, it, to your point, I think a lot of people who are online who have quote-unquote things to say uh, maybe take on a bit of an air of piety that uh, doesn't lend itself well to charismatic expression. In the same way as other uh, sure. topics, other other yeah. podcasts, and so yeah, it, it it would be easier in theory to stand out amongst the rest if you're if you have the right messaging yeah. and you just are a bit more exciting than you know the average priest that's hosting a podcast in your local town or village. Mm-hmm. You could <laughs> your local town or village or hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway, I think I think that's I think it's true, but the, I mean it's. We think, and this was the whole point of the Mars Hill podcast, we think we are immune to mass coercion. We think we are. Because when we think of massive coercion, we think of who? Hitler. Yes. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Thank goodness. Got when we right. think of massive coercion, we think of Hitler. But it's like, it's not, it, it's, it, there's principles there the, that I laid out that I think are, are pretty universal of manipulating human beings to co- like coerce them into making their ends unite with yours hmm. um without without actually having to make them of one end. Like here's the thing, it's like 
Hitler wanted to massively murder people, right? He didn't have to make everybody in Germany want to do that. He just had to make it so that what they desired, the prosperity of their family, the prosperity of their country, the continuation of security, the increase of the the mark or whatever, like the dollar going up. He had to make sure that those ends, those those desires, uh, the same thing that would cause those would also cause the massive destruction of an entire people. Mm. If you want to be a tyrant, as we know from the New Polity podcast, if you want to be a tyrant, you just have to make sure that uh, other people's ends somehow you can manipulate those to be yours instead. So like what you have to do is you know that all of these people are good-hearted Catholic people who want mm-hmm. the world to be Catholic. And so you have to make it so that your selfish desire of personal gain is it matches you have to make sure they equate it with they equate their desire for prosperity in the church. They equate that desire with making you wealthy mm-hmm. and the really the, the the problem with this is twofold is one it's very easy for us to be manipulated in that way because yes. we honestly think that our ends are the same as this person's we trust them right. the second problem is it's easy to do that without realizing you're doing it yeah it's really easy to manipulate someone without realizing you're manipulating them especially if you yes. believe it's noble like that mm-hmm. um and like the mar the the mars hill thing is a, is a great example there it's very clear by his six hundred thousand dollar salary that the goal of Mark Driscoll was personal enrichment. And he may not have realized that himself, but he was able to use other people's goals, like spreading the gospel. He was able to manipulate that goal into conforming with his, to be identical with his goal. Um, mm. So yeah, that's how you start a grift, is uh, you become a tyrant, a little tyrant, not a big one, not a Hitler tyrant, but like a, a tyrant, someone who, who uses their influence and power for personal gain. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I think this is an interesting point. Yeah. Because what you've effectively described is how to hmm if you are going to be a tyrant let's let's talk about government right so oh we're switching to government now well yes because i think it, i it think applies. it's worth bringing this up in a, in a government in a polity sense and yes. also in a in a personal in a, sense in a personal sense yes because i've been thinking about this a lot it, it's kind of been on my mind i want to get your take so careful what you wish for I know the most effective form of government is is without a doubt the um, the monarchy, right? Non parliamentary, absolute. If if it's done properly and correctly, right? Because you just have one point of authority. That if is doing a lot of work. That is if he's a big strong guy. So like the absolute monarch, if he has the power of an absolute monarch, which Correct. is not the same thing as being an absolute monarch. Correct. Yes. yes. 
Um, another word for absolute monarch is dictator. Incorrect, but go on. Tyrant. Why not? Because absolute monarchies don't need to be tyrannies, and they don't need to be dictatorships. Has there ever been an absolute monarch who has the power of an absolute monarch that didn't end up being a dictator? King Louis the Ninth. I don't know enough about history to confess. <laughs> but was he the Saint King? Yeah. But, okay. I don't know enough about French government to, to contest it. But let's say... <laughs> I would say any royal who has been a saint <laughs> did it. Yes. But I but I would also question the extent to which they actually had absolute power also. Well, I mean, you can question the extent to which any human being has absolute, absolute power. power. Yes, yes, that's a good point. So let's talk about power, right? Power, uh, we don't understand power in America. Do you want me to define it for you? Yeah, go for it. Great. Power is the ability to... Uh, help is the ability to cause someone to act without yes. through without means of coercion so i if i were if I, I i was talking to my wife about this yesterday i was like yeah. if she said patrick can you get me a glass of water i would do it she didn't have she wouldn't have to say patrick if you get me a glass of water i'll clean up your dishes there's sure. no need for coercion any kind of any kind of exchange um my end and her end are the same right. we both want her to not be thirsty so you're telling me, extreme example, Hitler had no power over the Jews because he had to force them to go to the concentration camps. He had no real power over them. What would you call that then? That's coercive authority. Yeah, it's coercive force. It's not. What? It's not real power. It's a. It's a kind of power, in, yes. in so to speak. But it's not real power. It's a subset of power. Because who is God? He's all powerful. <sighs> That's true. And he doesn't he, he doesn't need to coerce. Okay. It's fine. We'll accept your premises. I'm trying to get at a point here. Yeah. But that's okay. This is good because we're we're wandering down a trail that who knows if we'll ever. This was my discussion at so I, I'm taking a class this semester. Yes. With one of the guys from New Polity. Ah. And so this is about to become a super a super post liberal cast. No, um, no, no. But we talked about power yesterday. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Well this is this is fascinating. So there is an argument to be made that power the proper proper use of power let's say you are like actually you're a benevolent dictator right and you're you're trying you're trying to do the best and yeah. and also it so happens that you have absolute power um let's let's operate under those assumptions because it's a bit more pleasant to discuss government in that context than in mm-hmm. a malevolent dictator context so let's say you're a benevolent dictator and the, the best way to exercise your power I think it's to not ever really need to have to use it, but to yes. continually, continually collect it, right? Like you need to always be amassing more and more power, but you should never really need to be executing that, that ability. Well, I mean, I think the more powerful person is the one who can make a command mm-hmm. and not have to use his power. Right. Right. Like this is the paradox of the cross is like mm-hmm. he was the most powerful because he yes. did not need to act to defend himself. He had the power to lay his life down and take it back up again. He yes. was the most powerful person on that hill, even though he looked the weakest. Correct. It's like it's like I mean, it, we, we talked about this yesterday. Um, who's more powerful? The father who says, son, it's time to leave the grocery store and his son leaves versus the dad who has to carry his son out kicking and screaming. Dr. Jones was like that dad has the same amount of power over his kid as he has over a rock. Yeah. He can just move it when he wants to. Exactly. To your Hitler comment, I, I want to amend what I said. Um, he has power, 
uh-huh. but not over the Jew that he's oppressing. Mm-hmm. He has power over the army because he can sure. command them to act without coercion. That's fair. So his power, he does have power, but he doesn't really actually have power over that person whom he's oppressing. That makes sense. Because he has to force them to do something. So this this is interesting because it's the idea of power and the ability to wield power is is kind of the mark of whether or not a government is going to be effective at its stated ends or its stated goals, yes. right? So there is an argument to be made that the American system of government governance lacks a certain ability <laughs> to wield any kind of power. Imagine, imagine for a moment. Yeah. That okay, you're in France and your king is a saint yes. and he Wahoo. comes he says he addresses the army and says, "We need to fight this crusade because we need to liberate our Christian brothers yeah. from the Turks. The Turks, yes. And when you're fighting them and they surrender, do not kill them. Do not have hatred for them while you're killing them. You know, like mm-hmm. fight for them because like they could become your friends one day. They could become your brothers. Yes. So do not kill them if you don't have to. Um, but we need to liberate our brothers from oppression. Yeah. Um, if they, He said, do this for me because I am your king. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would have respect for that king. I'm going. I'm Catch going. me in the Middle East. Imagine, imagine if Joseph Robinette Biden walked out onto the <laughs> oh and said, gosh. please, all of you write a check for 50 cents and mail it to the White House because I'm your president. Dumb. No one would do it. Out of respect for me as your president, please send me 50 cents. People wouldn't give him a nickel. No. He doesn't have power. No, he has none. He's in power. But he doesn't have the fealty of his of the people he rules. Sure. It's like it, it's it's just it's it's just a it's a it's a goofy example. But like like I said, if if power is is best, and this is Aquinas, this isn't me. Mm-hmm. Power is best um is best seen in a father son relationship where mm-hmm. the father and son are both acting towards virtue. They they act toward they have a they have a unified end. The son will listen to the father and mm-hmm. do whatever he wills because they both will the same thing. It's like that's a more powerful relationship than a master-slave relationship. It's the sense that like we we all there's power in a master-slave relationship sure because he has the power to coerce. But it's power in a broader sense. It's mm-hmm. not power in a real sense. Mm-hmm. It's not power in a transcendental sense. It's not godly power. No. No. Certainly not. Um but we we don't want our authorities to have power because we think power is inherently bad. I think that's I think that's something that that is worth bringing up is that sure. power is not inherently wrong. Correct. You should have power over your children. Yes, some people have been given the gift of power, right? It's like the same it's it's just why it's a temptation, right? It's one of the da- most dangerous temptations. Aquinas also talks about that is uh is is power and money and pleasure and uh, the fourth one, uh, <laughs> I think it might be pride. I'm not sure. Well, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's the rich young ruler. He has all three. He's got right. virility and youth. He's got money and he's got power. Yes, that's so. Yeah, but we we treat all these things as bad. Some people, and you can just look at the world for proof. Some people are given more money than other people, right? Some people are given more power than other people. Some people are, have more pleasure in their lives than other people. Right. The amount of which you receive, because it's all receptivity, right? None of it is, is like, none of it none is of, earned. 
None of it is earned. The amount that you receive does not determine Even how good or bad. Even if you rise and grinded. Right. It doesn't determine how good or bad of a person you are or how much God does or does not love you. What it determines is, okay, this is the amount of XYZ that your soul needs to become holy in this particular <laughs> moment. Yeah. Right? And that's kind of like a crazy thing to say, especially when you look at someone like Joe Biden, and you're like, okay, he's the president. Is that is that the power that he needs to become holy right now? <laughs> but like, I have to believe that that's true. Mm-hmm. You know? Otherwise, God would not have willed it. Right. And I think there's a... Like, I agree that we th- we see power as bad, and Americans especially see power as bad because we have been a- trained our whole lives to say, "Well, the power's in the hands of the people. It's a democracy. It's a, this. It's you. You could be president one day." And it's like that basically sets everybody up for a lifetime of disappointment when things don't actually pan out that way. Because you, know? you have to have power to get to the point where you have the power to run for an office that gives you enough power to run for a higher one that gives you the power to run for the presidency, which, you know, yeah, you need to grow in power. Like the the example is like if um, I don't know if how absolute were the absolute monarchs? That's a question because, you know, the people are listening to both them and their priest and their bishop, right? It's like in um, in Henry's England, right, where he's being manipulated by Anne Boleyn or whoever is pulling the strings to make him apostatize, right? Sorry, Protestant friends and listeners, um, but hey, um, if if who really has the power in England if someone can convince the king to become to, to declare that he's the supreme head of the church, right? Like, it's like power is a real thing that is not always, is not equal to office, but office does hold power because in the same sense, like someone has to, someone has to have the power to manipulate the king, but also they don't have the power to do what, to do what they want on their own. They need the king's office to do what they want. So there, there's like a there's like a truth there. It can be tempting to say, well, like actually, office doesn't matter mm. because power is elsewhere. But o- office and power are united. Office and power are mm. are two separate things, but sometimes they're identified. I don't know. Can we play a speculative game? Yes, you've pulled something up. No, I I just oh. pulled up my my audacity to see what time we were at. Oh, um, I always have it running on my screen right here. Yes, I. I'm interested, and I don't want to necessarily get into the weeds about what is uh, moral and, like, the correct thing to do. Um, I mean, I am, ultimately. Start a grift is the moral thing. I think we determined. Yes, we did. We have determined. As long as you do it ironically, you're fine. You're fine. You're totally good. I'm going to be an ironic, malevolent dictator, and it's all going to be okay. If we we started an ironic, um, like, like, super trad grift on mm-hmm. the internet mm-hmm. it would become unironic quickly people would ad- people would latch onto it unironically and then even if we said oh this is ironic yeah, this they is would be ironic. like whatever it's fine i know we we still believe it so yikes that's terrifying I you can't you can't you can't so close bad. that box no you can't do it I know. 
no, th- this is this is an unironic. Th- th- I'm I'm being serious here. I yeah. know we brought it up last week. I don't know how much you cut out, but like the the grift getting out of control is Alex Jones standing on the Capitol steps screaming, "Don't storm the Capitol!" and everyone does it anyway. Everyone does it anyway? Yeah. That's what that's what happens. It gets out of your control because you have because people are all pursuing their own ends, and mm-hmm. just because you've united them to your ends for now doesn't mean they're always going to be there. You have to maintain that. So what you're saying is, I need to start parody rather than a grift no i'm saying it'll it'll (laughs) aimed at this particular group this is not what i want to talk about sorry i want to i want to play a speculative game if let's take our current president right and we could even talk about our past presidents if we'd like to there have been no past presidents let's take our current president if joe biden wielded power properly instead of like inviting the jonas brothers to make a tiktok you know, which is what he has done. Uh, I have not seen that, and I refuse to acknowledge. I do not know what that means, and I refuse to answer it. <laughs> That's good. You you are correct in that statement. Um, what what would be different? Like maybe not Joe Joe Biden's a good example because he's currently the sitting president, but like presidents in America generally, sure. like because if I feel like pretty sure FDR is the sitting president. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. FDR out here catching strays 80 years later. That was pretty good, though, wasn't it? That was pretty funny. <laughs> what do you think? I, I want to hear your answer to that question. I did not hear the question. I was doing it. I, I asked if Joe Biden or any other president were to wield power properly. What would it look like? What would it look like? Because right now I feel like we have a bunch of politicians who just happened to get the job that they have and just really don't know what to do now that they're in power. I, I don't know. I'm not wise enough to answer that question. I think it's an interesting question because that, that's my honest that's my honest uh, answer to that is like I this is the reality of hierarchy. Uh-huh. I can't know until I get a, a close. You know what that's I mean? True. Yeah. I can't know until I'm clo- until I until I've I mean there's a practical wisdom to running the nation. Sure. That you can't just have there's a there's a level of 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 humility that you need to take on if you're going to critique the presidency no because no no, i don't think so you don't think so (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) because um very few people have have run a nation of 300 million people but does he really run a nation oh no i was talking about twitter um (laughs) but i think like it's like Sure, right. I mean, no, you're you're right. He might he might not really. It's like you might you he, the past presidents might not be the only people who can answer that question. Yeah, right. Like the 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 current caucus of whatever's going on in Congress might be able to answer that question. You know, like the 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 it's not one. But regardless, of what I'm saying is like, what does real power look like at that level is not yeah. something I can answer. I barely know what real power looks like as a father yet. That's fair. You know, I, I guess I'm just wondering like, do, is there a blueprint anywhere for what real power is? Like, do we have any, any of our past presidents or any of the developed Western nations? Okay. I obviously God, right? Like I'm not, 
This is not helpful. I slowly held up a crucifix in yes. front of the camera, which is this like... Is, I was leading a Bible study yesterday. I was trying to get people to answer some questions about the scripture, and they would say things like, well, Jesus is the light. And I'd be like, yes, but that's not pertinent to what we're talking about. <laughs> anyway. I don't just mean Jesus. I mean the cross specifically. Okay. Because so my, if... Again, my question is, do we have any models in America of what that looks like? Oh. No, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Oh, sorry. You wanted me to answer. You wanted me to just be like, no, America sucks. No, I want, I want to actually like entertain the concept of if someone were to truly live out real power in a modern Western democracy mm-hmm. and in a way that benefited the their system of governments, governance and the people that they were governing, what would that look like? And maybe we don't have any, maybe we're only just like grasping at ideas. Right. But I just want to like if we don't dream about it and think about it, then we're just going to continue to be content living in a system where nobody has any power. Nobody's using it effectively and everybody keeps suffering. I mean, it's hard to get into specifics because like you don't it's hard. It's hard to tell the difference between leadership and propaganda. So like when I bring up FDR's fireside chats, I don't want to be like, that's it. That's leadership. If only people sure. did fireside chats. You know, but What was it about the fireside chat? It was it was communication Maybe. and it was like it was it was um establishing a relationship. I mean this kind of does go full circle. Yeah. Right? It's like he could have been grifting the whole time. We have he, had a grifter president. We um, we have had one of those. I don't know at, when. At least <laughs> at least one. What do you mean you don't know when? I'm you know who I'm talking being about. ironic. Um I'm talking about Donald Trump. Oh Patrick. yeah, are you? <laughs> Orange man bad. No, not orange man bad. But if you just look at the five steps, you could kind of trace off the progression. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's the way you get elected to office. You know, it just the system replace is broken, and I alone can fix it. All you have to do is replace evangelization with democracy, and you have you have how Amer- how political campaigns are run. Yeah, I don't know. It's true. Anyway, so I don't want all be grifters. Too, it's not, but no, that's my point. Is like. It's hard to separate. Mm-hmm. It's hard to separate the communication from the propaganda, the leadership from the propaganda. I mean, listeners, you might be able to answer this question. What is the difference between us and the Trad Cat Night podcast? Similar size, similar age, I think. What's the difference between us and and that individual? I don't know how grifty he is, but like let's What's the difference between between a a Catholic grifter and us? We're we're more attractive. I don't know, man. Taylor Marshall, <laughs> he was a couple inches taller. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do you understand like at least what I'm trying to get at here? I feel like we're I'm just trying to grasp it like if someone were to ask me the question, articulate for me what it would be like for someone to exercise the power of the cross in a in a political governance role. In such a way that is not like performative, I would just have like a hard time pointing to any kind of concrete examples. Like we could talk, like oh, the person should be self-sacrificial and they should treat us like his sons, and like we can say that. But when it actually comes to specifics of, you know, holding power, maintaining power, increasing the strength of a nation, um, defending its borders, engaging in trade, like there's all kinds of things that I'm just like, man, I don't know if there's a model for that. Other, like obviously other than Jesus I don't know if there's any kind of model or blueprint 
for a modern westernized democracy to actually have that. Whereas with something like a monarchy, there is a blueprint, right? And so it's like a, it's the question is, is this possible? You know, you make an interesting point. Thank I you. I mean, yeah, that's fair. It's, hmm. I don't really have a point. I'm just kind of walking around these ideas because I've never, I've never really talked about them out loud before. So, <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're right. And I think that's one of the pr- biggest problems with liberalism is that there isn't a tradition of leadership. There isn't a tradition of rule. Yeah. There's, there's, um, there's mm. no. We stand on the shoulders of dwarfs in liberalism. It's like sure. we just. There's really no uh, well-trodden path. That's why we always talk about the American experiment. It's like, well, how are we experimenting with civilization yeah. still? These you know? are like these are people's lives. Yeah, that are that basically are being experimented with. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Yeah, um, and like you can't just go back. No, no, the genie's out of the bottle. But like, but but I mean, I mean, my my main point is that we don't know we don't know what to demand from our leaders because we're not we're not close. Which is why the Pope should be the um, the sovereign of of the United States of America. Yes, no, the uh, the spiritual advisor to heads of state because he is only he is the only one who is, currently is uh, head of state and also has the care of souls. So like he knows what it's like to be a head of state at least nominally. Sure. You know, he knows what it is to be a head of state, and so he should spiritually advise the leaders of the free world. Pope Francis, I'm having a hard time. We have a lot of food uh, scarcity problems in our nation, which we do. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Let me call in my trusted advisor, Cardinal Casseroli, to help solve the food scarcity problem. He has so many casserolis. <laughs> Did you just say Cardinal Casseroli? That was a real guy. During JP2's pontificate. You're kidding. That's hilarious. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I brought him up on the podcast before. Oh. Anyway. Well, I don't remember. I, know I don't remember. Either. Uh, oh, I had one more thing to say. <laughs> we don't know what to demand from our leaders. Yeah, and you'd think that something like the internet would help bridge the gap, but it like it makes it, it's like paradoxically makes the gap larger, yes. which is an interesting thing. Like in theory, the idea of, Democracy being in the hierarchy is spread out amongst 300 million Americans, right? And we're all kind of flat and equal and even, and we just all agree to elect a couple <laughs> people to, to do it. But, like, in theory, the Internet should bring us closer to those that we have elected and, like, hyper-communication and, and all that stuff. But but it does not. And so one wonders, like, outside of the things that we've proposed on this podcast in the past, do, living more locally, getting to know your city and municipal uh, governments going to a town hall meeting, you know, engaging in local business. There's really like no way to to uh, to decrease the gap other than engaging at the level that you can engage at, which is uh, it's not the answer that most people want to hear because they think that the internet gives them the right to to, to decrease the gap, but it does not. It just has the appearance, which I think is what makes it so dangerous. Yeah. Hmm. Well, this is a good podcast. I don't know what the hell we were talking about, but uh, no one start a grift. Everyone start a grift. If you're interested in starting my trad grift with me, give me a ring. Give me a buzz. You can call me at three two one four. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I know it hurts. I'm sorry. I, 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 I...
right. You came to the right place, you ding dong. It's called communication, baby. <laughs> Welcome to Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner, sponsored by Catholic Match. Uh, if you have a dating question, five years or older, please uh, send us info at thecrunchcast.com or patrick at thecrunchcast.com, or you can click the link in the description to fill out a form because we are a bureaucracy here at the Crunch Catholic Podcast. Yes, sir. The Crunch Catholic Grift. All right. Uh, this question comes from uh, someone named Reddit. Uh, this uh, this question was posted in our Discord. You can also join the Discord in the description below. Someone sent in this Discord. Uh, sorry, this Reddit post that was uh, very popular on on the Catholic dating Reddit. It was very controversial. Oh no! Um, it was incre- It was a controversial post. It's a very long post. Okay. I am a graduate student at a relatively large American university. Franciscan's not that big, uh, which in theory should be the easiest place to get married and meet a Catholic woman of my age. Uh, despite this, it's impossible to meet anyone Red flag. that I could meet with whom they'd be realistic in chance to our starting a relationship. Uh, the reasons are mostly demographical in my view. This is going to be biased in the perspective of an American and male perspective. The first thing I can do, unfortunately, or oh, wait, you didn't proofread this. No, I didn't. I'm going to I'm going to just go to first, the demographic angle. In the United States, 20% of adults call themselves Catholic. The sad reality is that a large majority of these people are essentially non-practicing. At best, only one third survey Catholics are surveyed Catholics are practicing using a reasonable definition. Uh, a realistic estimate then is 3 to 5 to 7% of the American student body is Catholic. A number small enough to practically rule out chancing into a Catholic woman in daily life at a university. Hmm, scientific. Assuming a graduate population of several thousand <laughs> um, international students in the U.S. Uh, overwhelmingly come from two countries, India and China, both of which are fantastic places with great culture. Oh, gosh. Um, the best. <laughs> okay. It seems like hedging his bets there, or at least covering his butt. This yeah. leaves at best several hundred. <laughs> he doesn't. My favorite part about this one, he's like, he's like, uh, uh, they come from India and China, which are great, but this those countries are great, but that again limits the dating pool. <laughs> I get that in most cases, one hundred to several hundred opposite gender Catholics your age who are unmarried is a very good situation in a typical versus a typical U.S. pair. So he's saying he's sending this leaves at best several hundred Catholics. Um, okay, so White Catholics, yes. <laughs> Sorry, no. Um, non. Asian, non-Indian, Catholic. and non-Chinese Catholic. Yes, no, none, Got none it. from none from there. Okay. Uh, consider the following, Bill Nye. One, a large percentage are, uh, of these hundred, a large percentage are in a relationship, engaged, or married, out of the dating pool. Probably a third of them. Okay. Among these, not Scientific, in a relationship. Again, yes. So that that leaves him with six. Okay. So let let's let's do the math while we do this. I, sure. I, a lot of people are driving; they can't write things down. So he's right. saying that there are a hundred Catholics at a small school. At a yeah. small private school, graduate non-Catholic students. school, graduate school. Yes, there's a hundred hundred Catholics. A third of them are out of the dating pool. So that's like sixty six point six six six. So point yeah. six 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 of a woman he could date. Among those not in relationships, sometimes the timing doesn't make sense. In their final oh. semesters, they prepare to mm-hmm. graduate. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this situation sometimes they don't like you. <laughs> this situation is not as clear cut as a pre- clear cut as a previous one, but probably since ten to fifteen percent at least of the population in question is preparing to graduate. This is a substantial hit to the remaining numbers. So, I don't so know that if that be, it, does that decrease that de, does that decrease down. it does that decrease the 
the percentage by six because like it's he's um he's decreasing the sixty six number by ten by ten percent. But okay, so it'd be fifty six percent of the total. But it's not mutually exclusive because no, a third of the people, even if he's right, a third of the people are in relationships, but ten percent of the total are in. So he's doing math wrong. He is. He's doing math wrong. Let's just assume he means ten percent of the sixty-six percent. Sure, because that'll that'll prove his point more. It so will. let's let's take off. What do you think? Nine. Well, let's let's just yeah. Okay. So he's at fifty-seven. Right. Many women are just not at the right place in their time in the time in their life when they're considering a relationship. I can certainly imagine that getting a date is not even close to a top priority for someone preparing to qual preparing for qualifying exams or working on their thesis. Hmm. These are a hundred percent valid. But still, it impacts the demographic equation. Certainly more than 10% of the population fall into this category at any given time. That's another five gone. 5.7. Yes. So let's round it up to six and bring it down to 51. Perfect. With these three categories left, the only people are single and open to being in a relationship. Uh, at least, <laughs> we were right. Essentially, at least half of the original 100 are out. Yes. So we were right, about 50. We were right, yeah. We were, right. we were actually right on the money with his math. So yeah, he yeah. is doing math wrong. Um, a reasonable amount left is somewhere between a few dozen to several hundred, but definitely less than 100. I'm not done yet, though. Oh. Because the most important factor is the probability of a woman liking me is way below 100%. <laughs> okay, you can't nag yourself in this post, dude. Um, Really, the important probability here is... Is he posting this and being like, someone's going to see how good I am at math and send me a private message and say, well, I would date you. Like, I would that's date what you. he's thinking. Ugh. Obviously, just because all of these remaining dozens to low hundreds of women are open to dating somebody, that does not mean that person is me. Really, the important probability here is a conditional one. The chance that someone would reciprocate my feelings, given that I would not have feelings for them. I think we all know from experience it's not 100% chance, et cetera, et cetera, rejection exists. In fact, it seems to me to be incredibly hard to justify a probability above 10% for the initial number in four. Oh. So ignoring my own preference and feelings, plausibly 90% of the remaining population has been eliminated. So he's added all of these percentages together because that's how statistics works. And um, so hundreds of faces in the pews have been whittled down to a range from only two or three to maybe a dozen. Okay. With, that sounds and good to me. And this is with the 10% value and not taking into account my own feelings. So the real number is guaranteed to be lower. So less than two. Less than two, which could be one. Furthermore, this means that I am estimating. This is a mean I am estimating. There is uncertainty to all of these individuals. So the bottom of my guess to a mean is close to zero. This implies a substantial chance that in some student bodies, there's no potential at all for dating. Above all, the problem is the demographic issues. There aren't too many opportunities to meet this dozen Catholics if there are out there. Only a few Catholic events exist for graduate students. As most people are busy most of the time, attendance is sporadic at best. Furthermore, some Catholics are not very involved, blah, 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 blah. Um, in short, since, <laughs> thank you. In short, since contact with other Catholics is so sporadic and limited outside the mass itself, there isn't enough time and usually too few people for there to be a high chance of initiating and sustaining meaningful contact with someone. The ideal situation for finding a date is an environment rich in, never mind, uh, TLDR. There's a surprisingly small pool of potential dates. Um, and this is going to get much worse when I graduate. What are my options? Just keep making posts like this, man, and eventually you'll find something. <laughs> this was a home run use of your time. Like you writing this up and putting it online, man, you are so much closer to finding a wife because you you did this. Like, Times are tough for all of us these days. Keep fighting the good fight, brother. Oh, yeah, we're fighting. No one is pointing out the statistics issue here. 
Yeah, I, I don't think people on Reddit are too good at statistics. Um, but r slash they did the math. Sure. So here's the solution. Date Protestants. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, this guy has a lot of really bad underlying assumptions about his life. Yeah. Right. So this guy, he has a lot of really bad underlying assumptions. Okay. Yes. First of all, I think he he believes that the world owes him a a woman, <laughs> which is how it seems. It's like, gosh, these. Yeah. I can't believe the the demographics of this world that I inhabit are so opposite to what I think I should get. How I can't believe these people all around me being demographically inconvenient. Yeah, for me. it's like, all right, dude. The interesting thing about demographics, we kind of say this a lot on this podcast. You can move to somewhere where the demographics are different. It's true. That is your. Move to Denver. A lot of Catholic young adults there. You know? Move to... I know a lot of Catholic young adult women here that are single. Yes, move to Pittsburgh. That you could date. Right. Like, if this is such a problem... For free. They don't... It It's free to date people that are single. Let's, it's crazy. Let's... I mean, even... Let's assume that all of his statistic <laughs> assumptions are correct. Okay, great. I don't even think we can assume that. Let's, I'm just... Bad. I'm throwing this guy a bone. Okay, let's, fine. Let's say... Oh, let's, let's assume that the third of the people who are in relationships are not also graduating. <laughs> Yes. Uh, let's assume that you're statistically correct on all these things. Great. You've proven that it's impossible for you to find a woman at your current location. Great. Let's agree. Move. Move. <laughs> Go somewhere else. Do something else. So look yeah. for women outside of the demographics of your particular college. Or just accept that this thing that you're doing in your life is more important to you than dating. Right. And just, and just and keep, come to grips with keep that. Keep going. Yeah. It's uh, it's the same. You see this a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot for young men who will make the complaint that there's no good Catholic women and there's just not enough and they're not interested in me. And how come they're not interested in me? I'm such a good guy. I'm so holy. I'm so smart. Look at me. I did statistics very well on reddit.com. Uh, but it's like statistically, demographically, you're wrong. It's it's just kind of like I want there's more women in the I want to get all these dudes in a room in and just be like, dude, the reason that you can't find anyone to date is because you're freaking lame. Like you are <laughs> you're you are putting all of your eggs into this basket of this idea of a woman and this idea of a life that just isn't real. You are not guaranteed to find a woman in your college years, right? You are not guaranteed to find a woman who's at the same university as you. You're not guaranteed to find a perfect exactly as holy as you are you know uh, orthodox catholic woman none of that is guaranteed to you so just like quit thinking that i i have nothing but uh uh i don't want to say contempt because i don't hate this guy i think he's (laughs) i think he's just been misguided yeah and someone just needs to slap him silly and say you got to get over yourself dude if anybody knows the guy that posted this, send him this message right now because uh, make it his voicemail or something. You slash deleted, I think his name is. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think um, no. There's there's a there's a there's a there's a Catholic dating grift. There is. There is. It's like if you're uh, if you're it's like alpha males, but for saint posting. You know, it's mm-hmm. like there's like you know this is who you got to be. I, I wrote I did a I did a goofy post for I did a couple of goofy posts for Catholic Match top ten things to avoid in your dating profile and one of them was like 
you know, don't smoke a pipe in your dating profile. It's not, it doesn't do what you think it does. All right. You're not CS Lewis and he was unmarried for most of his life. Okay. (laughs) Even if you were, um, yeah, it's just, anyway, just get some other friends, find some other people to be in relationship with. Like stop obsessing about this all day. I think, I think the problem is not just it. (laughs) The problem is, um, nobody else is talking about this. No one else is talking about the dating problem. We it was so funny. We had a Oh my gosh. It was always in it was always it's a Franciscan conversation always. It's like I believe the dating situation is not due to to Catholic men being wimps. It's because women the women are, so are standoffish. Yeah. The women are the problem. Um I figured out the problem and it's not me. Yes. Wow. A revolutionary yes idea quite literally a revolutionary idea actually that's how revolutions start ever, there's a problem and it's not you us ever talk, you ever th- uh, read the gospel when jesus talks about like here's where the source of the problems are you know how he always says it's definitely external to you it's never coming up from within your heart <laughs> it's obviously not anything that you say or anything that comes out of your mouth it's always the things wanna, that are external. i want to push back on you though it's like there there is a possibility that you're going to find an amazing woman who is who is going to help you grow in holiness and she's an orthodox catholic and she is at your school but she's not going to show up as easily as a google search so you're gonna have to do some work yes so uh smash your iphone and stop watching netflix and go talk to women yeah this guy yeah 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 for anybody who needs to hear this oh just please Please, please, please. You are not owed anything. <laughs> like just because you are uh, a Catholic man and just because you are different than the men around you, you, you don't get a prize for that. You don't get a prize yeah. for not being in a fraternity. You don't get a prize for not doing cocaine. You don't get a prize for going to mass every Sunday. It's an act of justice. It's not an act of charity. Correct. That's what I was talking. I was... I helped a coworker move boxes upstairs because she was moving upstairs. She's an older lady and I'm a young man. Yes. And she was like, thank you for helping me carry these boxes. And I was like, literally, if I didn't carry these boxes for you, it would be a sin. It'd be wrong. It'd be super it is wrong. not honorable for me to carry these boxes. Yes. Do, <laughs> do the things that you know are right and expect no reward for them. And also don't think of women as rewards. <laughs> Please. <laughs> There's two problems. There here. are multiple problems here. Plus, if I was owed any rewards for carrying those boxes, I just shot it in the face by talking about it on the podcast. So, Exactly. There you go. That's how I make sure that I have no merits. I talk about them all the time, so I receive my reward. Indeed. <laughs> we we got to get out of this podcast. I need to lay down. I need to go play Tiny Towns with my, my wife. We got a board game. Oh, that sounds fun. We're playing board games now. Let me know of all the cool two-person board games that you find, because me and Emma have trouble finding cool, fun games to play with each other. Boardgamegeek.com. They do playthroughs and instructional videos, so you know before you buy. Are we? Are we? Do we? Are we sponsored by them? Nope. I just we just spent a lot of time on there yesterday. They they have things uh, organized by mechanic, so like you can be like, okay, I want a this, game like, like Mousetrap. Yeah, no, you. That's true. Yeah, you'd be like, I like the game mechanics of a three dimensional build, or like you know, I like that art style or whatever. I like this genre, so it's like fantasy dungeon crawler with a roll and write mechanic or a bingo mechanic. You know, like you have to get all the different, you have to fill up your card. You know, that sort of Interesting. thing. Interesting. That's fun. Yeah. Cool. Let's know how it goes. We should get a we should get a, a sponsorship from them. 
Patrick, do you have anything? No, wait, we're going to say uh, patreon.com slash the crunch, facebook.com slash group slash the crunch cast. You can join our discord. Link is in the description. That's where all the cool grifters hang out. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Join us next week for the grift cast. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you and we'll see you all next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.